Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Sample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, buddy? Greggy, you must be in a great mood. Have no idea why you're wearing the tiara today. He he popped in the studio. Was the, Champ is here. It was the first thing he uh, he put on. As soon why as not? Here. Speaking of the champs being here. NBFF. Here we come. We're getting hot at the right time. Sure are, man. GST League. Myself, you, Michael Florio sharing the squad. That is fun, but we... It's going the right way, I think, man. What? I think the team's going the right way. Of course. Of course it's going the right way. I'll be honest with you. Our early round picks, not great. Really not great at all. But the later Someone told you not to take Devontae Freeman. That was you. Yeah. No question about it. Tony Brown? He's great. He's doing his thing. Gronk? Not great. Agreed. But somebody I really wanted for many rounds, Adrian Peterson. Awesome. I was on board with that. I was with you. you know, That's you how we him. took him. You won him a little bit later. You know, I tried to get him for like 10 rounds straight, but it was fine. <laughs> a guy you really wanted. like, yeah, fifth round. Let's, let's take Adrian Peterson. A guy you really wanted, Aaron Jones. Crushing it. Awesome job by you. A guy I really wanted, Bobby Woods. Doing his thing. As he will what did Florio want on the squad, by the way? Florio wasn't at the draft. <laughs> and there you go. So he gets nobody. Yeah, he doesn't get any credit there for this. There you go. Donu Smith. Great pickup, Mike. That was a good pickup by Mike. Yeah. So we're all getting uh, the, the Golden Tate thing's frustrating now, though. Yeah, Golden Tate in Philly, not the same guy. No, no, it's not. But uh, how was your weekend, Frank? How was my weekend? Friday was nice, little game night, a night in. Um, got to play some of the new uh, the new Pokemon game for the Switch too. So that was great. Yeah. And then Saturday went out for a birthday. Went to my first ever like one of those rooms where you do karaoke. It's like karaoke bar? No, like it's like. In Koreatown, where like they give you your own room. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get to it was like ten people. One of Kinga's uh, Kinga's friend's birthday, so okay, lots of karaoke Saturday night, and then Sunday football all day long. How about you? What did I do? I was in. I had a wedding in, right, Atlantic, in Atlantic City. City. So on Thursday, but you weren't here Friday. You heard the shout out. Yeah, uh, it was the great promo. That was great. Uh, so on BFF, so it was great because on Thursday we got down there and I got past the snow. I just made it past the snow. And we went down, we had, uh, we had a nice dinner, and then we took a, uh, a, bar, a jitney to AC, and we hit up a sports bar there, which was cool. It was like $5 pitchers, which is awesome. Oh, great. And then we went to Boogie Nights. <laughs> uh, it was for you, Scott Angle, but Scott it's true. Angle. We really did go to Boogie Nights, which is ridiculous. So we went to some live music, had the wedding the next day, spent the uh, rest of the weekend in Philadelphia. Oh, you know what? You know, really AC to Philly, huh? I did. We, I, read that, weekend I read that a car and, and drove there. Um, but did you know, you didn't, cause I didn't tell you this yet, the <laughs> bride and groom 
So after all like the groomsmen and parents and stuff were announced, the bride and groom then came out wearing their Eagles t-shirts, a yeah. jersey, a jersey for the groom and a t-shirt for the bride. And then as they went back to their, to their suit and dress, they played Fly Eagles Fly, and it was very, very invigorating. <laughs> so you didn't enjoy that. Maybe they jinxed the Eagles. Oh, Tiara's coming off. Tiara's coming off, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they jinxed the Eagles. <laughs> but my, at, least, at least they showed up to the wedding. <laughs> the Eagles but, never made it to New Orleans. But it's funny because Judy's father, uh, a couple of years ago, I've told this story on the air before, but Judy's father bet against the Eagles, a big Eagles fan, bet against the Eagles, against the Patriots a couple of years ago. They, were, they lost two in a row. They were, in New, they were in New England. They were only seven-point dogs, and they wound up winning the game. And he, he hasn't bet on anything, right? Bet 50 bucks. He was, I've never seen him so angry. So yesterday, uh, during breakfast, he's like, all right, how do I bet? Like, what do I got to do to bet? I was like, you want to bet? Like, I got a guy you could bet. No big deal. He's like, I want to bet against the Eagles again. Like, in New Orleans, there is no way they cover seven and a half. Like, there's no way. It's ridiculous. And like, I'm not, I'm not gonna let, we, I'm not letting you do this again. Like, it, it's the same recipe for disaster again. I'm not letting you. He's like, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. You're right. You're right. Did he whoop your ass? Nah, he was, <laughs> but he knew. He, he knew. Were you laying low, staying out of his line of sight? No, we left early. It was all good. <laughs> but nevertheless, the Eagles got trounced yesterday by the New Orleans Saints. They didn't show up at all, Frank. What happened in this one? Look, the New Orleans Saints. I think. I think it's two teams that are trending in opposite directions, obviously. I mean, that's the easiest thing to say, but uh, the Saints are now 9-1. and one. Think about this, Greg. Their lone loss was in week one to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's just, that's football, right? Like, right. it's football. They, they've, they've rattled off nine wins in a row now. Their defense is playing better. Offense is seemingly unstoppable. Drew Brees, another 360 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, two weeks in a row now, Mark Ingram... Uh, getting it done, 100 yards and two touchdowns. But I mean, Alvin Kamara continuing to get it done as well. Um, even against the Eagles, who it's a tough matchup against running backs. And then Traquan Smith, you know, this really was, it wasn't just the week of the rookie wide receiver. A lot of rookie wide receivers played well, but really just the, the week of rookies overall. I mean, Lamar Jackson getting the first start of his career. Saquon Barkley doing his thing. Um, and Gus Edwards doing his thing. We'll get to him we'll a little bit later on. Sure. But Traquan Smith, Greg. 13 targets, 10 receptions, 157 yards, and a touchdown. You know, I mentioned him on Friday, kind of in passing with Elliott, but I mentioned, you know, I, I don't hate him because the Eagles' secondary was so banged up. Um, you know, they have injuries there. But you look at what he's done, I mean, uh, especially in home games, his past three home games. Obviously, yesterday was a home game. Uh, and then the Rams, he only had 23 yards in that one but scored a touchdown. And then his previous home game before that mm-hmm. was against Washington where he went off for 111 yards and a touchdown. So uh, it, it, this is looking like a, a home road split kind of thing where when Traquan Smith is at home in the fast track, yep. it's what we used to say about Ted Ginn, and now he's filling that Ted Ginn role. Totally. He's a legit wide receiver three mm-hmm. when he's at home in the dome. I think so, too. And listen, Philly, the secondary's been burnable all year. We've targeted this you uh, constantly. You want to target them. Like you, yeah. You're targeting the Eagles' secondary. Even before the injuries, the way to beat Philly was, look, they're very stout up front. They have a strong defensive line, strong linebackers, so they're going to be good against the run. Mm-hmm. The way you want to attack Philly is through the air with wide receivers. Uh, so we'll look at who is playing Philly the next couple of weeks. You got the Giants, so Odell Beckham, going to fire him up, obviously. Uh, but Sterling Shepard's going to come even more so into play in this matchup against the Eagles. Washington, uh, Colt McCoy is the quarterback, maybe not. But then you get the, the Cowboys with Amari Cooper, the Rams, obviously going to, I mean, they do it against everybody. 
the Texans later on in the season. So those are the matchups that we're looking at next that we're going to target against the Eagles secondary. No question. No question about it. Mark Ingram, very, very good. Uh, once again, Traquan Smith is certainly the story. But my man Josh Adams, the only bright spot for Philadelphia, played 55% of the snaps uh, for the running backs yesterday for Philadelphia. And what's crazy about this, Frank, it was a negative game script for him all game long, and he still played the majority of the snaps. Only touchdown. only touchdown for the Eagles this week. 28-yard run, and he looks good. I know you don't trust Philly running backs, but he looks pretty good. He does, but here's here's the problem, right? We're talking about how bad the defense is right now. They're going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. I know you just prefaced it with that. Seven for 53, he scored the lone touchdown in this game, but if he doesn't score that touchdown, they're playing from behind the whole game. I do like the fact that he was finally using the pass game in this game. Six targets, uh, that was more, you know, the only other running back to be targeted in this game, Corey Clement, had two targets. So coming into this game, Josh Adams only had one target all season. So to see the six targets being used more in the pass game, yeah. he continues to run efficiently. If we can ever get a game where, you know, he gets, you know, 10 to 12 carries, and now, what, three, four targets, then yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at Josh Adams as a flex play now. I'm not going to rule out the possibility of Doug Peterson doing Doug Peterson things, Definitely, but he said that he wanted to get Josh Adams more involved, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, so he did. you got to take him at his word moving forward. For, not always, but at least in this case, for he's once. done nothing to not get the ball. Yeah. That's basically it. Like, yeah. he's running efficiently. I know coming into this game, it was the past three games, he was over six yards per carry. This game, 7.6 yards per carry against a stout run defense in the New Orleans Saints. So everything is going right for Josh Adams, but the Eagles' defense is banged up. So, again, I think they're going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. I'll also say this. Corey Clement, the only other person to have more than one carry in this game. He had two. Wendell Smallwood only had one. This is Josh, had, this seven looks, of the nine running back carries in this game. This certainly looks like Josh Adams' backfield, whatever that means. They face, they face the Giants next week, so it should be more in their favor. We'll yeah, see. I like that call, too, because since Snacks Harrison left, we just saw yesterday Peyton Barber Destroyed run for them. 100 yards yeah. and touchdown. Your New York Giants, who are about to go on a serious run, Greg. I hate I think we're looking this. at the playoffs here, It's Greg. bothering the crap out of me that people are buying in. They could have lost to the, uh, the they, Bucks. They the absolutely war- are. I had Bip in my house yesterday. He's like, dude, yeah. They can win out. Yeah, dude. They it, can win. I'm I've like, seen no, it too much. no, no, they're not. It's so annoying, man. It, like, it, it, it's you're going to really win annoying. just enough to like get the sixth overall pick in the draft. It's awful. They're doing exactly what you can't do. Um, hey, man. you look. Actually, I'm rooting for the Giants now. Because every game that the Giants win, the Jets, the Jets keep yeah. losing. I don't, I don't care. The Jets, the Jets don't need a quarterback. They're not competing you know, in the same so thing. Like, whatever. Yeah. But now, now I'm nervous. The Giants are going to do enough that they're like, oh, yeah, that wasn't bad. What you know? That's what I'm nervous probably got like two more years left in him. Do you know he has like the best quarterback rating of his career this season? Because he's been, you know, he had one incompletion yesterday, right? So but it he, was against Tampa Bay. Because his completion percentage is the best it's ever been. Because someone he dumped, yeah. Because he throws Saquon. he yeah. throws passes to Saquon Barkley eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. You Gi- can do that. Giants beat the Bucks thirty eight <laughs> to thirty five. Uh, Saquon Barkley, the best game of his career, one hundred forty two yards on the ground. They rushed the balls twenty seven times. He scored two touchdowns on the ground, one through the air. I believe it was his only. One of two catches on the day for Barkley. Uh, he was outstanding. Uh, you're certainly going to ride him. I was thinking about this. I don't want to get into this because I hate when people do that in the middle of a playoff push. But I was thinking about like the top five picks for next year. There's some really good running backs like in that class, in that top oh, for, five. For fantasy football. Yes. Yes. I mean, you're, you're talking Gurley and Barkley. It's going to happen. Uh, this Camaro, this first round, Hunt. we've already kind of seen that transition like where it used to be. It used to be kind of even like maybe like six yeah. running backs, six wide receivers, something like that. It's gonna be heavy running back, probably nine, ten running backs. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, it, you like the, those. Can top you argue five, against it right now? The, the top Wait, five: I mean, Todd Gurley, 
Saquon Barkley, Kareem Kam- Hunt, Melvin Gordon, Kamara. Kamara yeah, yeah, Kamara's in there too. I mean, and those five are immediate, and, and I'm sure there's many, many others that I'm just forgetting here. Like David Johnson's starting to play well now. He might yeah, sneak I mean, into the back end of the first round. We'll, and we'll worry about that, uh, no doubt, later on. But interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. On the other side for Tampa Bay, Peyton Barber rushed 18 times for over 100 yards. He had a touchdown <laughs> uh, as well. And listen, Tampa Bay was in comeback mode all game long, and he still got his job, got the job done. Yeah, I think this is just more of a product of who they were facing, right? Uh, talk about the Giants. Since they've lost next Harrison, they've given up a, a, a higher yards per carry, uh, more likely to give up these uh, these bigger runs. They faced the 49ers next week, so Peyton Barber's likely in play as a flex option. Again, we got a few more teams on bye in Week 12. Obviously, uh, the Rams and the Chiefs will be on bye, so you miss out on Kareem Hunt and Todd Gurley. So you might, you might feel all right about Peyton Barber in that matchup, but most weeks, I mean, he's nothing more than a, a low-end flex option. I, I will say that he saw 18 of the 21 uh, teams running back carries, so he, he is that guy for the team. But, I mean, look, it's how many times has this happened already this year? Fitzpatrick turns the ball over a ton, and he gets benched at halftime. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point again in the season, Jameis Winston gets benched again for Ryan Sebastian. Yeah. It's just a carousel. It's, it's Here's the problem. Tampa Bay could need a quarterback, and we're going to fight for them for some yards. So for some yeah, picks. and now they have the same they have the same record, record. at three and, and seven. And the Giants beat them, so that's it's not so good. I I heard something that um, if Jameis Winston were to get hurt, this is the only pause I that they might too. have for yeah. playing him is if he gets his hurt. Options guaranteed next. And his options guaranteed for fifteen million next year. Yeah. But I had read if they were really concerned about that, they would have made him the inactive quarterback yep. rather than the backup. They want him to play. You can't I mean, do that because then it's too obvious. But, here's right? the, but you can do whatever you want, number one. Number two, Dirk Hutter's fighting for his job. Now, we all know he's gone, but he, he's He probably to doesn't know that. He, he probably doesn't accept that. You know uh, what sucks? In my home league, I'm the commissioner, so I guess it's a bad job by me, but we never really had this come up. Like, no one's ever complained about it. But it happened to me yesterday, so now I noticed it. We don't have the little, I didn't have the check mark on for offensive fumble recovery touchdowns. That sucks. So Mike Evans, who I have, would have had an even bigger game. He had a monster game. I mean, six for 120 and a touchdown. I mean, I'm just being greedy, but why wouldn't you for fantasy football? You need all the points you can get. I don't have offensive fumble recoveries turned on in my league, so something I have to put to a vote next year. Yeah, Make we, sure you have that turned on. I didn't even know there was a, a thing to turn on. I think. I, I, well, if you just, have the commissioner service for CBS. You ah, have CBS, to like, yes, of course. You have to turn on everything, but... I mean, it's, it's good that you have the option to, like, toggle anything right. on or off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Evans, good game. Six for 120. O.J. Great Howard game. was good as well. Five for 78. Adam Humphreys, man. You started him in the in the flex. Three for 60 and a touchdown. I didn't start him. I know. He texted me I started T.J. Jones instead. Dude, I have three tight ends, oh, and I started, man. and the one tight end I started. I did was it at 12.55 yesterday, man. It was, like, it was last second... And they were talking 12, about how Marvin Jones wasn't going to be ready for Thursday either. So I'm like, all right, you know, maybe TJ Jones could pop off or something. It just happens that Bruce Ellington ended up being that guy. Not that he did anything, but he did have nine targets. Yeah, I'm going to get to that in a moment. But at 12:47, I switched out uh, Josh Doxson for Advance McDonald. I took out for Josh Doxson. McDonald scored a touchdown. Doxson did nothing. You started the higher man. And I started higher man over Jordan Reed. And the first time I didn't play Jordan Reed all year, so obviously he scored the touchdown. So I started the wrong tight end out of all three that I had. Oh, um, but I, I, I won anyway, thankfully. I had Saquon Barkley, yeah, which is awesome. I started Jeff Hyerman over Jordan Reed in another league as well. Sucks. Uh, and of course... Col- 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 McCoy, when he came in, he started targeting Jordan Reed. Yes, he more, did. He, started jo- jo- uh, he targeted Josh Doxson a lot as well. He targeted both of them. I'll, I'll get to that in he a second. He only had 11 pass attempts. Five to Doxson, three to Reed. I'm going to get to that in, in just a second. I want to get to the Washington. I want to get to Detroit as well. Um, but in my league, 
I face somebody. I, I always, for some reason, this always happens to me, naturally. I face somebody that left Marvin Jones in their lineup yesterday. And he was ruled out on a Friday. This wasn't one of those, like, 1230 things. Yeah, this is like, you gotta kick this guy he was ruled out. He was ruled out on Friday. So somehow I get crap for not texting him and being like, hey, dude, Marvin Jones isn't playing. No. Hell no. What? What? Like, it's my fault. Maybe the commissioner should have done it. Correct. I didn't do anything. Yeah. All, I, all I did was start my lineup. I, I do that in my... I don't tell people to set their lineups, but it's happened already twice this year where the same person, and he's out of it, has not set his lineup. So I don't text him beforehand, but I'll text him after lineup's lock, and I'll say, this is your second strike. One more time, you don't set your lineup this year, and Take I'm going to find someone else. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to set your lineup for you. I'm not... It's awful. No one's here to hold your hand to play fantasy football. I mean, if you care enough, you'll set your lineup. Despite not having Marvin Jones, the Lions defeated the Panthers yesterday, 20-19. to We never saw this coming. You're Car- for Carolina. Graham Gano specifically. Yeah, man. Carryon Johnson, 15 for 87 and the touchdown. Then got hurt for most of the second yeah. half. Doesn't look like he's going to play Thursday either. And it does, and there's no way he'll be ready for Thursday. Oh, yeah. We'll see if he's ready for, for week 13. Yeah, it could be it could be pretty serious too. Hopefully not. They don't think it's an ACL or an MCL. I think it's he's, more of a he's been phenomenal, man. He's been he's awesome. So, he's, he's so He's he's really legit. Like he's good. And, and, and I was excited about carry on before the year. I, I worried the closer that we got uh, to to the start of the season that you know they were talking to Blagarre Blunt and, and Theo Riddick, but he is all the talent that we expected to be. Exactly what I said last week about Anthony Miller. When a team trades up in the NFL draft to acquire a player, the Lions traded up to get Carry on Johnson. You bet your ass that they're going to be in on Carry on Johnson, try and get him as much work as they could. He's been phenomenal. We'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll figure out why the Bucks didn't do that with Ronald Jones. Stick around. There's more on the way next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. What will always have our it says you plus me equals us. I know my calculus. It says you plus me equals us. Never come on. Calculus. Calculus. We talked about this before. Is this a boy band thing from the 90s? Or is it boy like band. a mock boy band? Mock boy band. Mock. You plus me equals us. This was uh, Chris Farley's brother was in this, Kevin Farley. Oh, I was going to ask the guy from, forget it. What did you ask him? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Andy Samberg? Yeah. Okay. Is that like him before Andy Samberg? No. He, Andy Samberg does like these like parody songs. Yeah, no, he does. For yeah, sure, yeah. for sure. You know, they made a, a whole like fake movie about like bringing a boy band together. And they came out with that song Calculus and actually like, made the billboard charts the whole deal. <laughs> and it was all totally fake. It was great. Um, all right, let's get back into football. Cool. Yeah, I think we should go back to this uh, this Lions and Panthers game for a second, though. I, I, it's exactly where I want to go, because there's a lot to take, take away from here. So the Lions won 20-19 over a Carolina team that we all thought was really good, but they can't win away from Carolina. Just 1-4 on the road. And Detroit, who was only had three wins coming into the year, and they've just been lambasted the past couple of weeks. Get away with the victory. Kenny Galladay is just unbelievable, man. He's 8 for 113 uh, with a touchdown, 14 targets on the day. He's going to be a monster in region half leagues next year. He is a high-quality wide receiver, too, in my estimation. Um, but the wide receiver, two on Detroit without Marvin Jones available, well, it's 
kind of nobody. Now, we, we invested in TJ Jones uh, on the BFFs when Golden Tate got traded. Marvin Jones was out, so I picked up TJ Jones across a couple of other spots. He wasn't the guy. Bruce Ellington was activated yesterday and immediately went to work on that first drive. Shut out after that. Immediately went to work on the first drive after halftime. Shut out after that. Six receptions, 52 yards, though, for Bruce Ellington on nine targets, second on the team, including more than Theo Riddick. Bruce Ellington, I know he said he didn't really do much, but he was targeted quite a bit. Yeah, he definitely was. And I think the process here, uh, us thinking TJ Jones over Bruce Ellington was correct. I mean, he's been with the Lions for a couple of years now. They just picked up yeah. Bruce Ellington mm-hmm. out of no, like he got let go from the Texans earlier on this season, and the Lions picked him up. So TJ Jones knows the offense. He's been with the team for a while. You figured Marvin Jones is out. TJ Jones is the next guy up. He actually played more snaps than Bruce Ellington as well, but was out targeted nine to one. So. Look, if you picked up T.J. Jones, I think you're dropping him now, obviously. But if Marvin Jones misses Thursday, which I think is likely, Bruce Ellington, he's a bye week, final bye week, week 12, you know, borderline, whatever, wide receiver three. Like, you, you realistically don't want to use Bruce Ellington. But Kenny Galladay, 14 targets. Last week posted a career high in terms of targets with 13. This week, top that again, set a new career high with 14 targets. Was phenomenal, 113 yards and a touchdown. I don't know if you saw the play where he came back to a ball and basically took it out of the other person's hands. Like it was, it was Bradbury, so the cool. cornerback of the Panthers, where he basically jumped over him, yeah. took the ball back, caught it, and then continued running as well. It was just Kenny Galladay. There's a reason why he's baby Tron. Like he is absolutely legit, a monster. Yeah, I'm with you. He's wide receiver too. On the other side, shout out to the Maryland Terps, man. Huge game. For DJ Moore, eight Terps targets. Terps not winning this weekend, though, man. That, oh, was devast- that was devastating. Did you see any of that? No. They, uh, I, I can't. Saturday is like the only day of the week where I kind of have to take a break from football. I get it. And it's like I, there's too much. There's too many teams, too many conferences. They were, uh, they were beating Ohio State all game. Oh. And they were, oh, I, did, I did see the highlight of this, though. And they, like, lost they went, late, right? They went to overtime. Yep. Went to overtime. Uh, Ohio State scored a touchdown. Then Maryland came back the other, the, for their possession. Is Maryland actually good this year? No, they're terrible. Oh. Um, How'd that happen? <laughs> they scored. They scored. The running attack's amazing. Booger McFarland's son, Anthony McFarland, is like one of the best freshmen in the country. He's amazing as a running He's gonna back. Going to be like a legit NFL prospect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Are his hands messed up too, like Booger McFarland. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, so the Maryland scored a touchdown in overtime, and they went for two. And there's a kid just almost like this game with Carolina, which is why I bring bring it up. Mm-hmm. They go for two to win the game at the end, and our quarterback rolled out. A guy just popped in there. He's just sitting there, just sitting there. And the quarterback just blew it by him. God, man. Sitting right there, oh, wide open. That sucks. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. And it's a lot like, a lot like Carolina lost. Going for yeah. two, going for two, go for the win. Cam Newton, I, I've never seen him have all day in the pocket like he did yesterday and not just walk in the end zone. Like, I don't know what he was waiting for. Why don't you just walk right in? Yeah. Well, well, to be fair, like, there was a line in front of him. Like, he could have rolled outside and that's tried to that, do something. Yes. But he did have all day. Yes, that's and what I'm saying. I think that was obviously the Lions' plan. They're like, look, we're going to back up. We're going to play as much coverage as yeah. possible. And if he runs, like, we'll try and attack him. And but, that's exactly what he did because he didn't roll left. He didn't yeah. roll right. He just sat in the pocket. And that's that's how you beat The Cam thing Newton. is, the guy he threw it to, I believe, was Jarius Wright. Was yeah. wide open. Wide open. Wide open. And that's where you're reminded of why is Cam Newton not talked about it in the discussion of elite quarterbacks in terms of passing? And it's always been the accuracy issues. So right there, you were reminded of that once again. In terms of all around what he can do, yeah, he's absolutely elite at what he can do with his legs. But in terms of his arm, I mean, this is the one drawback to Cam Newton is the fact that sometimes he misses these wide-open guys. But DJ Moore now, eight targets, seven receptions, 157 yards, and a touchdown. 
I think as the season goes along, and we're already starting to see this, yes, Funch has still had eight targets in this game, had a ton of drops, only had two for 39. Actually kind of liked Funches this week. I wrote him up last yeah, week in the rankings uh, because why the Lions were struggling mightily against wide receivers. Again, the process was right. It was just the wrong wide receiver. It was DJ Moore who went off. Curtis Samuel scored a touchdown in this game. And Devin, Devin Funches is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, over these last couple of games, we start to see Funches, you know, uh, they start to phase him out a little bit, and we start to get a little bit more of DJ Moore. And Look I, good, man. why wouldn't you? I mean, he's explosive after the catch. Yep. He made plays down the field. He scored a touchdown on Darius Slay, one of the maybe top five, top ten cover corners in the NFL right now. So the arrow's pointing up for DJ Moore. I will say I still think there's a little bit boom-bust nature to him just because Cam Newton spreads the ball around. I'll agree. And DJ Moore, uh, the 82-yard catch and run from the goal line, that Darius Slay caught up to him and stopped him from scoring a touchdown there, which is crazy. Uh, but, but DJ Moore, just a really, really big game. Also, shout-out to Curtis Samuel, who had the touchdown, 555. And I feel like just using the eye test, he's come on a little bit as of late. Um, I thought so too, and then I looked at his game nope, log, and I'm like, nobody nope. could have predicted. He this. has not. <laughs> he okay. hasn't done anything. I was wrong. You know why? It's because he scored a touchdown. <laughs> oh, he's from Brooklyn. I didn't know that. He has scored a touchdown in three of his last five games. That's why it just seems that way. Uh, he has not. Jarius Wright dominated the snap uh, snap count inside the slot yesterday. So there you go. Carolina lo- loses to Detroit uh, yesterday. The Washington football team. They fell at home to Houston, and Houston seven to three. It reminds me kind of your fantasy football team. We're like they're not very good, <laughs> but they just keep finding ways to Houston? win. Yeah, I don't think they're, very, they're good, that good, man. I think they're a little bit better than you can give them credit for, Greggy. Like, Deshaun Watson's not putting up monster numbers. Um, I, and the, look, the offense is kind of like vanilla right now. Yeah. And, and, and Gabe talks about this a lot. Like, Bill O'Brien is the only one who's holding this team back from being truly great. Like, why don't you just unload Deshaun Watson and let him do what he can do? But the defense is playing well, and now they've rattled off seven straight wins. Like, Houston Texans, the Texans are trending in the right direction at the right time. I know that they face the Colts in a couple of weeks, and that matchup is going to be so, so pivotal in the AFC South uh, standings, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, just we're reminded of what happened earlier on in the, on the, in the season with Frank Reich, uh, you know, going for the win. Going for the win in overtime and ultimately losing that game. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the Colts are trending in the right direction. We'll get to that as well. Um, but look, the Texans are playing good ball. Kiki QT returned in this game, and look, he played. Um, he played less snaps than both Demarius Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins, but led the team in all receiving categories. Receptions, Nine targets, yards, and targets. Was yep. tied for the league, uh, the lead in targets with uh, with interceptions with five. He tied DeAndre Hopkins, but had 77 yards. Reminder that when he's healthy and on the field, he's he's Sean Watson's go-to. Like him and DeAndre Hopkins are the go-to guys, and we continuously say that about slot receivers. Is th- these are the guys that can get open and. Sean Watson's going to continue to look his way. We do have to note, Demarius Thomas did, was not officially targeted yesterday. I believe he was targeted on, on, on a pass that went where there was a penalty on it, so it didn't yeah. count. Um, Big donut for fantasy. A, a complete zero for Demarius Thomas yesterday. And that hurts. Now, QT back in the lineup, back healthy. And you see, there's that comfort factor with QT, much like there was with Will Fuller when he was there. So uh, you should feel comfortable playing Kiki, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, and I will continue to do so going forward. And obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is just a superstar uh, in this league. On the other side, let's, let's get to Washington here. Alex Smith suffers a gruesome leg injury uh, on the same day Joe Theismann did 33 years later. And it looks so, bad. So random. How does that happen? I know. It was. It ended up being the same final score as that game from before. That's the weirdest part. I know today, Alex. Yeah. Alex was rattling stuff off downstairs uh, during during the morning after about how it happened on the same yard line. Really, it happened. Uh, it was also done by two 
former three-time defensive players of the year in Lawrence Taylor and J.J. J. J. Watt. Watt. Yeah. It's just like there's way too many parallels. It's super weird. The only thing that would have been crazier is Alex Smith is 34 years old. It happened 33 years ago. Imagine he was 33. Like, Dave, uh, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, this is some crazy juju stuff going on here. Jordan Reed was targeted everywhere. The normal short stuff that you're used to with Alex Smith. But once Colt McCoy came in, he targeted him a bit more down the field. Reed led the way with 7 for 71 uh, and the touchdown. He did have 11 targets to lead the team. Josh Doxson was, was pretty quiet until, as Frank mentioned a few moments ago, uh, Colt McCoy came in. Seven targets for Doxson. That was second on the team. It's clear what this offense is, which is Josh Doxson and Jordan Reed with a lot of Adrian Peterson. Uh, if you own these guys, as I do, um, you don't feel horrible with Colt McCoy because he's a a little backup. He's not one of these uh, brutal guys that'll kill you. Um, so you feel okay. So if you're a Jordan Reed owner, I don't think much has changed, in all honesty. I would argue it's better with Colt McCoy. Okay. And I'm not saying he's a better quarterback than Alex Smith, but I think he's willing to take more chances. And I know that Washington's going to continue to try and win their style of football. They're going to play defense. They're going to run. They're going to give it a lot to Adrian Peterson. But I do think Colt McCoy is more likely to pass the ball down the field to take a few more chances. And yes, maybe he turns the ball over more than Alex Smith. And I'm not saying Colt McCoy is like, oh, you need to go out and pick this guy up by any means. But I think it might actually help the weapons here a little bit more. Again, he threw 11 pass attempts. I know it says 12, but one of those was a spiked ball. Uh, but on the tar- on the targets, it was five for Doxon. It was three for Jordan Reed. Uh, what sucks for Jordan Reed is, like I did, like you did, um, he was only started in 57% of leagues. He's still owned everywhere. But, we just got frustrated by yeah, it. Yeah, and, and rightfully so. Like, I, I don't blame people who benched Jordan Reed yesterday, but I will say, I think the fact that he was targeted 11 times overall, Colt McCoy stepping in, I think it, it's actually arrow up for him. I did want to mention Trey Quinn, who played predominantly slot receiver yes. for Washington yesterday. If Jameson Crowder is out again or for the foreseeable future, Trey Quinn is that slot receiver, uh, and he was targeted four times. Four receptions, 49 yards. Mo Harris actually struggled moving to the outside receiver. He was targeted four times, but only brought in one for 13 yards. Yeah, if you were like me and watching this game and, and wanting Josh, I started Josh Doxson, uh, as I said, over Jordan Reed yesterday because I thought the inventor chance of touchdown, obviously, that was uh, incorrect. Um, but I, I was hoping so. So I watched a lot of this game. And I was just like, who the F is this little white dude catching all these passes? Seventh round pick. That's Trey Quinn. It was, it was the week of rookie players, man. And uh, he's a rookie wide receiver. I remember watching the preseason. They were talking him up a little bit. Um, this kind of fits the mold of the slot receiver, I guess, right? <laughs> then let me get right into you talk about the, the day of the rookies. And Lamar Jackson got his first start of the year for Baltimore, uh, who went on to defeat Cincinnati 24-21. to And the Ravens and Marty Morningweg ran a college-style offense, if you've ever seen it. They did not want Lamar Jackson to throw the ball. He only threw it 19 times uh, for 150 yards, but it was what he did on the ground. He carried the ball 27 times yesterday. This was more, more than he ran the ball in college, in all honesty. I mean, they ran a strict college-style offense. He rushed for 117 yards. Uh, somebody asked me yesterday before the game, do I start Lamar Miller? Ben Roethlisberger, no, I'm sorry, Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger, or Marcus Mariota? And I said, you should start Lamar Jackson. And I think Ben Ben wound up having more points ultimately, yeah, uh, but Lamar Jackson had a good looked, fantasy. Outing. That looked good for uh, for Three most quarters, of the, yeah. for most of that Steelers game. If it wasn't for that final rushing touchdown from Ben, yeah, you probably would have been right, Greg. Uh, as of right now, Lamar Jackson is the eleventh best quarterback this week. Obviously, with Mahomes and Golf still to go. You'd imagine he's going to get pushed down to QB thirteen, but, but right outside a, that top, 12. still a not a terrible start if you started him. But I don't. The question is going to be cut. We're going to get this week. What do we think of Lamar Jackson going forward? Like, we expect him to start next week. They, don't, they do not think Joe Flacco will be ready for week 12. And is this one of those Michael Vick situations, or is Lamar Jackson's a flash in the pan, I guess? 
I think he did exactly what we expected out of him. And if you remember last week, Greg, we said for the Ravens pass catchers, the best thing that could happen is Joe Flacco comes back. Yeah, because Lamar Jackson is not there. He threw the ball 19 times in this game. He ran the ball 27 times. Ravens, what are you guys doing? Like you, you brought you're, you're winning. You, you brought Robert Griffin in. To, I I assume this is my assumption. You bring Robert Griffin in to kind of mentor Lamar Jackson and tell him, like, right. look, dude, you can't take the hits that you're going to take at the NFL level because I was there. I lived through it. Like, there's a reason why yeah. I'm a third-string quarterback now at the NFL level. Mm-hmm. Like, I got crushed because I was taking these huge hits. If you just watch the first drive of that game, Greg, yeah. Lamar Jackson took two huge hits to start that game. 27 rushing attempts. I understand it's a college-style offense, and they, and they ended up winning this game. So... Can you really question it? But you also got to think about the, the, the future of this kid. He's a rookie, and he, he, we know that he's still raw in terms of a passer, his footwork, you know, working inside of the pocket. Uh, and, and he did some good things yesterday. He still had the interception, and it was, kind of a, it was kind of a prototypical play that you would imagine. Like, he starts running around a little bit, kind of jumps up in the air and throws at the same time, and it ends up being an interception. Yep. But, man, 27 rushing attempts. He took some big hits. Uh, I mean... I, he needs some more work as a passer, but I, I don't. I don't know how long he's going to last if he continues to take and hits that, like he did. And that's the problem. Like uh, the Bengals were not prepared for what Lamar Jackson threw at them. Not literally as a new throw, but physically yesterday they were not prepared for that. I, I wonder. It was all like it was really really fun. Don't, don't get me wrong. It was like, great. Yeah. He would do the three step drop and then, and then see run. the middle open up and just take off. And, yeah. and he did that multiple times, especially early on in the game. But again, he's either got to slide, he's got to get out of bounds because he was taking big big hits. I will say next week Baltimore does face Oakland at home, yeah, so, so it's a good it's spot a, for him. It's a good spot for sure. I mean, the Raiders' defense is is not great, and uh, you know we assumed they were tanking. They ended up winning yesterday, uh, but that was pretty much the tankathon. The Raiders between the, and the Cardinals. Outside of Lamar Jackson, though, yeah. the big story was Gus Edwards yeah. in this game, and I texted both you and uh, you and Florio. Who the f, who the is f this f guy? And I didn't use the word f. It was a big capitalized uh, <laughs> f word. Uh, who the f is Gus Edwards? Yeah, who the freak Collins is this guy? Scores a touchdown in the in the first quarter, seven carries for eighteen yards, and then every time you watch this game, it's Gus Edwards getting the job done. He carried the ball seventeen times. The Raider, the Baltimore rushing attack had fifty four carries yesterday. Uh, seventeen of those went to Gus Edwards, who had one hundred and fifteen yards rushing uh, and a touchdown as well. Uh, Ty Montgomery was not involved. Buck Allen was not involved. Alex Collins was not involved. Who the f is Gus Edwards, and do do we need to figure that out asap? Gus Edwards, the man who. Had 62% of the snaps yesterday, Greg. Alex Collins, just 22% of the snaps. And this was pretty much the process over results week because a lot of what I thought would happen happened, but it wasn't the right player Mm -hmm. on the right. You know, it was the guy was in the right spot. It was the right team in the right matchup, but it ended up being the wrong player. And I don't know, you know, obviously nobody foresaw this coming. I I believe uh, Gus Edwards had 16 carries coming into yesterday and he had 17 carries overall. Russ for 115 yards and a touchdown. Every single time you think that it's about to be Alex Collins' time, he has that first drive where he scores a touchdown, uh, has a phenomenal schedule upcoming. I don't know what, like, Alex Collins, like, him and John Harbaugh, like, they must have something behind closed doors that, like, they just hate each other. Every time it looks like it's about to happen for Alex Collins, something happens. Uh, The worst part about this is that Russ Edwards performed well. Like, how, how can I sit here and realistically say, like, I'm excited about Alex Collins moving forward, even with the schedule he has. You can't because Gus Edwards got the 17 carries, uh, over 100 yards rushing. Alex Collins hasn't had 100 yards rushing in any game this season, 6.8 yards per carry. And after the game, 
Uh, John Harbaugh talked him up about how this is this is the north-south runner that we've wanted all season. That's very telling, right? When you say stuff like that, that we've wanted all season, it's basically like Alex Collins has not been the guy that you've wanted all season. So it's hard for me to really back Alex Collins at this point. I think he's... I think everyone's going to have to go out and pick up Gus Edwards, especially if you everything, are the Alex Collins Everything owner. you got? Um, yeah. At this point, all I mean, he, he could be... The, the running back that takes off for the second half for the Ravens, and then we get sucked back into him next year. And Take a break. We'll be back after this. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now and keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. Back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That's Frank Stanfill. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie. Greg. Russ Edwards, huh? It's a sad day for Alex Collins. Truthers everywhere, Greg. I still think Alex Collins is a, is a talented running back, too, and he's super young, so maybe not with the Baltimore Ravens, maybe with somebody else, but for whatever reason... Every time it looks like it's about to happen, it doesn't happen. Something else pops up. It's Buck Allen stealing goal line carries. Now we have Gus Edwards, who was a four-year player at Miami, but then also, I guess those were like red shirt years. I don't really know how, like the semantics of college, but he played his final year at Rutgers last year. He is a rookie running back. He's 6'1". He's 235. Again, uh, John Harbaugh said that this is the north-south runner that we've been looking for for a while. He also did say we have four talented running backs. So, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Gus Edwards is definitely the guy. Like, it, it could be a complete mess. It could be, okay, well, oh, Alex Collins is running well on the first series of this game. Well, let's see what he could do the rest of the game. Oh, he's not? Let me give the second series to Gus Edwards. And, and oh, he looked good? Let me let me give it to Gus Edwards for the rest of, the, uh, for the rest of this game. So, it sucks because, uh, you know, the Ravens, especially with Lamar Jackson, like, this is... This is a situation where you want to have the running back for fantasy. Of course, because of course, you know it, it looks like a a great situation, but you have to pick up Gus Edwards, but you have to also be realistic with your expectations. All right, so there you go. Uh, the Ravens can turn back to Alex Collins at any moment, and that would obviously be a disaster for fantasy owners. Ty Montgomery, twenty touches this week. Uh, that's not going to happen. in the bag. That, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Atlanta lost to Dallas at home yesterday, twenty-two to nineteen. Jason Garrett, the Clapper, goes from on the hot seat to arguably the favorites to win the NFC East at this point. Is Amari Cooper the difference in Dallas? Obviously, the numbers weren't great yesterday, three for thirty-six, but just the threat of Amari Cooper seems to be a big deal for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and shout-out to Elliot Christ, uh, the Quant Edge TQE. Uh, go check out their stuff. They have uh, these really awesome analytical tools where you can look at splits. And I saw someone tweet this out last week. You can look at the Cowboys' offense with Amari Cooper since he's joined them and without Amari Cooper. And, you know, the amount of explosive plays, their yards per attempt, basically everything has gotten better since Amari Cooper uh, was acquired. So I know uh, we were all very critical of that trade, the fact that they gave up a first-round pick and... While, you know, his play, his first two games were great. This one was not great by any means. I think the threat of him being on the field, as you mentioned, Greg, uh, certainly has changed the outlook of the Cowboys' offense. 
Specifically, I love what they're doing with Ezekiel Elliott. The past two weeks, at least six receptions in two straight games. He was targeted eight times in this game. He led the Cowboys in all receiving categories. This is a new facet of Ezekiel Elliott's game, which we were somewhat expecting this year because Jason Witten and Des Bryant, a large majority of their targets from last year for the past couple of years, were now gone. And we assumed that Ezekiel Elliott would be used more in the past game, but he's kind of evolving into that Todd Gurley-esque running back where he's getting eight targets, seven receptions, 80 yards. He just, you know, he had a monster game against the Cowboys receiving as well. So if you own Ezekiel Elliott, I will admit that up until they acquired Amari Cooper, you were probably, you know, a little underwhelmed by what uh, Ezekiel Elliott was giving you. Absolutely. But now with Amari Cooper and the fact that they're using him as a receiver as often as they are, he is going to end up winning lots of people fantasy championships down the stretch here. Now, Ezekiel Elliott, another one of those running backs we talked about earlier going in the top half of the first round next year because mm-hmm. he has the ability to do stuff like he did yesterday, both in the passing game and in the running game. He was just simply fantastic uh, yesterday. Cole Beasley dropped a touchdown, which hurt owners certainly. Uh, weird. You don't really see Cole Beasley drop all that many, 551 yesterday. Uh, Dak Prescott. helped Dak Prescott, too. I know a lot of people were streaming him. Exactly using him what in, I was about to say. I yep. used him in cash yesterday, too, so I, I could have used him. Uh, I could have used that extra touchdown as well. On the other side for Atlanta, Tevin Coleman led the backfield, 8 for 58. His yards per carry has actually been pretty good. He's just not getting enough carries yeah. uh, they, to make they've it They've been in while. weird game scripts yep. recently. Mm-hmm. Obviously, no one expected them to be down against the Cleveland Browns. Nobody expected them to be down against the Dallas Cowboys. They were three-and-a-half-point three uh, home favorites in this game, and a lot of people you know, were on the Falcons' side in this game. It's the classic, uh, you know, the Cowboys... Uh, Build you up the week before. They have a great performance against the Eagles, so we expected them to crash back down to earth. That didn't happen yesterday. They went into Atlanta and actually got the job done. So it was a negative game script for Tevin Coleman, but I still do think he's in that you know mid-range to low-end RB2 discussion. Still does see majority of the snaps, and we know that when they get down near the goal line, Tevin Coleman is the preferred option. Julio Jones, Greg, has now scored a touchdown in three straight games. If you had to describe this with an emoji, it's the one with the blue face. Like, oh my God, what's happening? Julio Jones, positive touchdown regression. The last time he scored three weeks in a row, Greg, was 2014, weeks 12, 13, and 14. So just to put that in perspective, the talent, the the, the spectacle that is Julio Jones, Mm -hmm. the last time he scored a touchdown in three straight games was back in 2014. He's now done that. Positive touchdown regression is, is hitting his way. What far. is Julio on the year? Wide receiver, what? Uh, I could pull that up for you. I, I'd imagine he's easily top three. Five. Yeah. I mean, he could be top three. You know, it's amazing because I know we talked a lot about him in the preseason. We don't want him. We don't want to do the things. No, but then we walked back in. Yeah, we were like, okay. We, he was bad. He but was he's bad been, last year and was still a top what six no, seven wide receiver. I, I I agree. But you look. I'm looking at the numbers now. I mean, this year he's he's been better than ever. Like I know the touchdowns have been frustrating the last three. It took him uh, until. You know what's we, crazy? You <laughs> would think that, Greg. He's wide receiver seven. Really? Wide receiver seven. Can I try to name the seven ahead of him? Six ahead but of that, him. It, to be fair, that's in uh, standard scoring. So let me put it in PPR. He's still seven. All right, can I he try was it? six wide receivers ahead of Julio Jones. Okay, Antonio Brown. Yes, he's wide receiver four. Oh, DeAndre Hopkins? He's wide receiver five. It's gotta be, it has to be based on touchdowns. So, Devontae Adams? He's wide receiver three. He has nine touchdowns. I mean, that's, 
It has to be what it is. The only reason. Julio Jones is the only wide receiver in the top 10 who has less than five touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, you look at this. He's had 100 yards in every game, but three of them. One of them, he had 96. PPR, I mean, consistency. He's averaging 20.6 fantasy points per game. This is the best he's looked, too. And that's with him only scoring three touchdowns again. And he's been healthy for the most part. To round out that uh, that top six. I'm not done yet. All right. Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill's number six. He's just ahead of Julio. What, what, What numbers do I have to get so far still? One? I haven't gotten one yet, right? Uh, you haven't got one. You haven't got two. That's it. Yeah, those are it. I haven't gotten one or two. That's <laughs> interesting. Uh, okay. It's not as easy when you're on the spot, you see? I guess not, man. Those people who watch NBA Twitch, Fantasy Feud, you know, it's not as easy when you're on the spot. One and two. Um, Brandon Cooks? Brandon Cooks is All wide right. receiver 14. All right. He only has three touchdowns as well. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing right there. Um, all right. Let me, what other wide receivers? I think it's who? Adam Thielen, obviously. Yeah, he's wide receiver one. Adam Thielen, yeah, that was obvious. Michael Thomas. Yep. Yeah. Wide receiver two. There you go. Interesting. Who did you Everybody man? inside the top six has at least seven touchdowns. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's continue on, Frankie. Let's get that Pittsburgh-Jacksonville game, which was a weird game. Jacksonville up 16 nothing. They were just beating down the Pittsburgh Steelers. And in all honesty, at that point... I was they, deserve, pat- they deserve to lose. I was patting myself on the back, saying, I read this game script right. I wanted nothing to do with Ben Roethlisberger. I wanted nothing to do with Vance McDonald. And then all of a sudden, in that third and fourth quarter, uh, Pittsburgh was able to hold Jacksonville off the scoreboard and they were able to do just enough to win. Ben Roethlisberger threw three interceptions. Two more were called back due to penalties, including uh, in the end zone on that final drive where he ran it in for the touchdown. He threw it 47 times, and Pittsburgh did enough to get the win. A.B., 5 for 117 and a touchdown. I say that the Jaguars deserve to lose this game because if you just juxtapose this game with what they did with the New England Patriots earlier on in the season, two completely different teams. You could tell right now they're hesitant they're not confident. Their offense is not the same that it was. At that point, Blake Bortles put up over 300 passing yards, and I believe it was three touchdowns in that game. They did not take their foot off the pedal. In this game, he threw the ball 18 times. And I understand, the way, the way to win is we want to pound the rock. We want to give it to Leonard Fournette a ton. But at some point, Blake Bortles is going to have to make a play or two. Or you, you know, you're going to have to get an extra first down. You're going to have to score a little bit more. You can't score 16 points and expect to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, even with the Jaguars' defense playing as well as they did. They, they sacked Ben Roethlisberger two times. They picked him off three times. This comes in a game where you know Jalen Ramsey was in the news all week. He had the cryptic tweet. Uh, we got a report either late Saturday or Sunday morning that the Jaguars were going to be shopping him in the offseason, and then they denied that report. He had two phenomenal interceptions in this game as well. The Jaguars deserve to lose this game, Greg, because they just weren't aggressive enough. Uh, and I, I'll say that as a Blake Bortles owner in my Superflex League. Leonard Fournette, 28 carries on the day, 95 yards. Carlos 59 Hyde, total touches since last week, since coming back. Carlos Hyde had eight carries for 44 yards. The game plan was clear. Pound the rock. And they did that three, much success. 43 total rushing attempts in this game, Greg. And the thing is, Leonard, Leonard Fournette on the field, everyone knows what the Jaguars' recipe is. Like, there's no element of surprise whatsoever. They know he's going to run. So, obviously... Averaging 3.4 yards per carry in this game. It's not necessarily his fault. The guy's probably facing stacked fronts every single time he touches the ball. I will say, again, another game where he's up around 30 touches per game, and it's because of that volume, even if he's not running efficiently, that he's going to be a top 12 running back. It's just how long can he keep this up before his legs, his feet, his hamstrings, before they give out? Because it's going to happen eventually. Given the fact that he's dealt with the hamstring this year, foot and ankle injuries dating back to LSU, uh, I think there's, you know, there's something to be worried about with Fournette here. But while he's healthy 
and getting this much work, he is a legit, you know, low end RB one at worst. Hundred percent. Thirty touches. A game. And this is how he sneaks back into the first round. By the way, when you see these workloads, him and, and not with me. You know, I was the guy yeah, all for and I'm not going to do it next year. I either. get it. I get it. I'm never going to be that guy. I'm going to be the guy. Even, even if he, even if he proves me wrong and makes me look dumb, I'll, I'll take that L because. Yeah. A running back who deals with hamstring and foot injuries, chronic injuries. I'm just I'm, I'm not gonna, getting involved with. I'm that. going to be the guy on Juju Smith-Schuster, eight for one hundred four last night. His fourth one hundred yard receiving game of the season. And I was number two wide receiver. I wasn't ju- the Juju guy at all coming into this year, but you read the stat lines: sixty four for eight sixty six, only three touchdowns, which is a little which is a little disappointing. Um, but he's really good. And unfortunately with Pittsburgh, like there's simply only so many touchdowns to go around between wide receiver Connor. eleven, Greg. Between James Conner and Tony Brown, wide receiver 11 with just three touchdowns on the season. Uh, he's got, I'm sorry, he has five 100-yard games this season, Frankie. Five? Yeah, he's got five. He started off the first three. So I must have looked yards. at the game log yesterday before they updated and added this game. So, yeah, yeah it was four, and then he added. Yep. Yep, it's five. Five, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. five 100-yard games. He had, he's had two he's games under, only two games all year under 50 yards. Pretty good. Uh, pretty slot good receiver. You're James. the slot receiver. Speaking of um, James, James Conner. Conner. Dud, though. Brutal. Brutal game for him. Very, very bad game, too. but game script did not favor him in this one. Uh, I know he had a drop in this game as well, but was still targeted nine times, six receptions for 24 yards. So the usage was there. Uh, I'm not going to blame it on the fact that he's been concussed or anything. I, I just think it was a rough uh, It was. A, it was a rough game flow throughout this game. The, the Steelers pretty much did not play in the first half. Like They just didn't show up early on. I mean, that's just more of the same for these 1 p.m. road starts for Big Ben and the Steelers' offense, but then they came alive late. There just wasn't enough time to get James Conner involved, given the game flow. Yeah. He's still uh, an RB1. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I agree. Is James, James Conner one of those running backs that are going to be in that top half of the first round next year? Well, it's hard to say right now, right? Because we also, we also got a report over the weekend that the Steelers could transition tag Le'Veon Bell. He's not coming back. Uh, how can you say definitively? He's not because coming. He will not play for this team ever I'm, again. I'm in, in one of my home leagues, I'm in the position where... It's a keeper league, and I can try and acquire James Conner if I think that he's going to be a Steelers starting running back next year because I believe he's a ninth-round keeper. It moves up one round. He was drafted in the 10th round. So that sounds awesome, right? I could get the Steelers starting running back in round nine. Yes. I might look in another direction. You should should do that. No one knows for sure. Look, if you have him in keeper or dynasty, don't sell him. Like, you're obviously, if he is a starter, like, you're very excited about that, but... Nothing in the NFL would surprise me, especially given this Le'Veon Bell situation. Nothing would surprise me, Greg. I'll just uh, leave it at that. With that, I want to sign off of you two for today. Corey Parsons, Jim Day, and Chris Venture come your way next for the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Uh, we'll continue on the podcast. Make sure you like us, rate us five stars, subscribe, and leave a comment. If you're listening live on the radio, we certainly appreciate it, and we'll be here for the next five minutes or so. There are four more outstanding games left. I'm not going to hit on Arizona and Oakland because I don't want to. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to move on from there. I got a hit on the drubbing of the Titans yesterday, 38 oh. to 10 uh, by Indy and Andrew Luck once again three more touchdowns. Frank, uh, Andrew Luck is your comeback player of the year with his outstanding he's been. And here's the difference: the offensive line. He hasn't been sacked at all in the last five games, I believe. And in that uh, in that time frame, he's only thrown three interceptions and a hell of a lot more touchdowns. I believe it's 18 touchdowns or so. Uh, he's been unbelievable. He's not getting touched right now. Uh, I do know their center, Ryan Kelly, got hurt yesterday, um, but he's just been outstanding. And I mentioned Demarius Thomas' big zero. Eric Ebron, a dud yesterday. Yeah, and also played less snaps than both Jack Doyle and Mo For the Alley second Thompson. consecutive week. Yep. So, look. And, and, and you called me out for it that I had him ranked too high, and it, it was reactionary. Before you had him, right? But I had him as a top five tight yeah. end this week. But again, 
like calling tight ends is a crapshoot. Like again, we we benched Jordan Reed. Uh, I don't know that many people could have seen that coming, but uh, it, it's going to be frustrating because now people are going to bench him next week, and it could be the week where he scores again. Like but he's going to be used in the red zone. That's the problem. But, Eric Ebron's only being yep. used in the red zone at this point. Jack Doyle, Jack Doyle is the every down tight end. Uh, Mo Ali Cox is the second tight end, and Eric Ebron is the red zone specialist. Ty Hilton and G- and my man Jim Saunders was all over Ty Hilton last week, and I kept yeah, I liked, trying. To, I, li- I I spoke him up on Friday too. So I kept trying to kind of look into it. I didn't see it in all honesty. I couldn't see why people because the outside him so much. corners, Malcolm Butler, you knew had struggled. Yeah, and then Adoree Jackson, people were like. Uh, they were kind of shying off T.Y. Hilton. They were like, well, Adoree yeah. Jackson shadowed whoever it was the week before in the second half, and he played well. Just not well enough to guard T.Y. Hilton because he was shadowing him, but he got burned. He was outstanding yesterday. Nine receptions for 155 yards and two a gorgeous touchdown catches, one nicer than the other, keeping his feet in bounds. Uh, he yeah, was that outstanding. That was ridiculous, his heel not going amazing. out. Amazing, awesome. amazing. Um, Marlon Mack, by the way, 16 carries yesterday, 61 at yeah. a touchdown. Not a phenomenal game, but he did enough. The He's Titans good. are a tough defense. I, I know you don't see it because of how this game ended yeah. up. But in terms of run defense, like they have a strong front line. They have strong linebackers. They've been very good against the run this year. Marlon Mack still had a great game. I know he had a dud last week, but again, don't overreact. We're still in that discussion for a mid-range RB2 with Marlon Mack right now. Absolutely. Especially the way the, the offensive line is playing. According to Football Outsiders, they have the third best run blocking Offensive line in the end. They're, I mean, they're incredible. Jordan Wilkins got in the end zone for the first time all season. Uh, and Naheem Hines also uh, caught a pass for 20 yards. So there you go, Naheem Hines. Um, Marlon Mack, clearly the, the top running back on this team. And they don't shy away from him in the red zone. Frank Reich is doing a really, really good job play calling uh, for this Colts team. Took a little while to get going, but now that they have... Uh, them, there's two games back right now. I believe the Texans in the AFC South. That will be a fun battle to watch down the stretch. Colts, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Huge dud from the Tennessee Titans side because we spoke up Dak Prescott as a streaming quarterback. We also like Marcus Marietta, who was trending in the right direction. Greg, I, I find it interesting. Suffered a stinger in the first half, so he didn't play the second half, to be yeah. fair. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and, and we'll find out if that's like something that's going to linger now. Like, it, because he was like flexing his hand, he was doing that thing again. Well, we thought it was a nerve it was like, issue. They said it was yeah. not. They've come back and said it's not the same nerve issue. He suffered a stinger. He does not, he's not in the concussion protocol. Yeah. So I think it's just, if the if the stinger just lasts a day or two, you're fine. If it lasts for a while, that, that could be trouble. It's just like a convenient excuse, though, for Mario. To, like, sure. anytime he's playing well, like, oh, he's suffered a stinger. Like, he's injured. Like, he's dealing with I don't want to say I, that about a stinger, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, look... You don't know what he feels like. We're not inside Marcus Mariota's body. But every time anything goes bad, it's oh, it's a uh, it's a nerve issue. It's a stinger. It's one. It's some. So look, if Blaine Gabbert has to play quarterback for any period of time here, you're obviously downgrading Corey Davis big time. All right. Um, the the Broncos shocked your Chargers by the way yesterday, twenty three yeah. to twenty two. Did not see that coming. And then Kirk Cousins Sucked. gets smacked around against Chicago. Greg, uh, Keenan night. Allen's about to do that Keenan Allen thing again. He's not about to. He's, he's doing it. Yeah, because he's had uh, he's had at least 124 yards receiving or a touchdown in three straight games. He's he loves second half. Yeah, and I love Keenan Allen. The Frenzy is up next for Frank Stample. My name is Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. hope.